Welcome to Slapshot Podcast, episode number 63. I'm your host, Chris Ramirez. Thank you for being here. Thank you for hanging out. Welcome in. Welcome to another episode of Greatness. Thank you so much for joining me here. If you have stumbled on in here, please have a seat. Grab yourself a beverage of choice. Grab yourself a snack of choice. Got a great episode today, man. The NHL season is officially here. It is officially started. It is the best time of year. Football is in full swing. Uh, the MLB playoffs have been amazing. It's just October is, is the best. I'm happy. We are done with NHL mock drafts. We are done with rankings. Now it's time to get the show on the road. The NHL season is now a full week into the books. Uh, some good has happened. Some bad has happened. All that kind of fun stuff. We're going to wrap our heads around everything that's going on. We're also going to take a look at the Montreal Canadiens because, of course, we are. Because we're one week into the season and it is already crazy madness, right? If you have stumbled on here on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at SlapshotPod. Thank you for being here. Give yourself a round of applause. Hit the sub button. Ring the bell if you're listening to this on the Apple Podcast, the Stitcher uh, the Spotify, the Podbean, wherever else you get the podcast from. Thank you so much. Make sure you go ahead and follow the podcast at Slapshot Podcast on Twitter. Make sure you follow me on Twitter as well at FuzzyChris91. Thank you. Just just round of applause to everybody uh, for being here and hanging out with me. So here's what's going to go on. We're going to start this off a little bit of the rapid fire, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're going to take a look at some things that have happened up until this point, right? Some good things, some bad things, some ugly things. Uh, let's start with our daily dose of, you know, of good. All right. First of all, like I said, the good shout out to the Buffalo Sabres, uh, for locking up Owen Powers and Rasmus Dahlin long term. Rasmus Dahlin, again, if you live under a rock, uh, eight years, $88 million. That's 11 million per year. Good for him on securing the bag. Uh, good for Owen Powers as well. Seven years, $58 million. It's $8.35 million a year. They have locked up their two young defensemen. This is a good hockey team now with some young players getting ready to take the next step. I have spoken highly of Devin Levi. It has been a challenge up until this point, to say the least. But again, we, we expect this uh, because he is a rookie playing the hardest position in the sport right now. So we gave him a little bit of a time. And look, I know I say poor things about the city of Buffalo all the time. Uh, and that's not going to change, by the way. Buffalo, you're just an L city all around. But to the Buffalo Sabres hockey team, though, that is a massive W, locking up two young players for an extended period of time. I love what they got going on there. Secret, brew, uh, secret Buffalo Sabres fan I mean, maybe the secret's out of the bag, right? But still, really happy in everything that they have got going. I'm just, I'm just thrilled uh, to see them doing well. They deserve it. Again, the city, meh. The team, W. I'm happy about it. Uh, that's where I'm at there. All right, let's let's go through that. That's the good. That's what's been good uh, so far. Uh, the bad is obviously the Montreal Canadiens and their injuries. Of course, uh, if you live under a rock again, Kirby Doc managed to play one game in one period uh, before tearing his ACL and MCL. So uh, if you're if if you're not a doctor, uh, the ACL is the muscle that goes in front of the knee. 
Um, the MCL, I think, is the muscles on the side of the knee. Again, I'm not a doctor. Somebody fix it. That, the PCL, I think, is the muscle behind the knee. There's three major ligaments or muscles that hold uh, ligaments that hold the knee together: the ACL, the MCL, and the PCL. Uh, anyways, again, not a doctor here, but his his season is done. We he is he is done with it. Uh, that's not fair to him, but I guess look, it is what it is, right? It's the same dance over again here for the Montreal Canadiens and their fans. They dealt with so many injuries last year, and now they have just a ton. I, a ton is no, I'm, I'm not gonna say they have a ton to start the season. Still, they've played a total of three games. They already got one guy done for the year, and Caden Gooley is day to day. Um, with something he left last game against Minnesota with an injury doesn't sound too bad but I mean I'm gonna keep it I'm gonna be honest I don't know what we have to sacrifice to the hockey gods um, to end this cloud of just injuries to players I don't know what we have to sacrifice I don't know if it's a chicken I don't know if it's a goat maybe a lamb you know that's okay that's okay I make lamb. <laughs> uh, if you know, you know, fam. If you know, you know. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it's from the movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding. But I, I am perfectly fine with sacrificing something. Uh, just some, grab yourself maybe a voodoo doll. Uh, say, a, you know, commence a ritual to the spirits. I don't know what is needed. But, like, we, we have to figure it out, man. There's a whole new medical staff as well in Montreal. There's a whole new team doctor. So I don't know... I just don't know, man. Like, are you are are they that unlucky to this point? Like, is that the unluckiness of this team that they just suffer these crushing injuries and there's nothing we can do? Like, I don't I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know. I don't I don't think players know what to do. I don't think the medical staff knows. Like, how again, how unlucky can you be to be dealing with just the last season and three games? <laughs> With all these injuries, I don't, I don't know, man. I feel like it started with Shea Weber and Carey Price and Paul Byron being unable to ever play hockey again after that playoff run, and it's just it hasn't gotten better since. Um, so that is bad. That is a hashtag not good here. Uh, the ugly, of course, is the NHL, and it's continued to remind everybody that hockey is not for everybody. They have banned the rainbow uh, stick tape because. Why not, right? The NHL not into pride jerseys because they don't want to support that and they just want to be neutral. They're not into any of the jerseys, right? There's no military. I'm excited for the NHL to ban military tape next um, to really keep it all into perspective here. Look, like hockey is for everybody. I, I think we can all agree on that. You know who it's not for? Like we can exclude uh, homophobes, the bigots, the racists. Like we don't, we don't have to welcome those people and it's fine. And look, the comment section is going to be full of you guys as well saying, you know, there's no such, there's, there's no room for politics and hockey and da, 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 and blah, blah, blah. I don't care. That's not what we're talking about here. Hockey is a place where you want to welcome as many people as possible. And these initiatives give people a safe space. It's just a friendly reminder that, Hey man, this is for you. Hockey is a place, it is one of the, sport in general is one of the only things that brings people from every different background and culture and belief into one space, right? Hockey specifically is a religion, right? Think about it. You all wear 
the religious attire, which is, you know, your team's hats and scarves and jerseys. And some of you even got tattoos on your skin of your favorite sports team, right? We all meet, right, at the place of worship, which is usually the home arena from where that team plays. You all gather and conjugate there and, you know, you all sing the rituals and cheer on, you know, the 23-man rosters, right? Hockey teams of 23 gods because all those players are seen as gods to most of us. That is the one thing. It is a religion and it brings people together. And the NHL's continued support of just like punching itself in the face, man. This league is, and look, I'm not going to blame Gary because Gary is a puppet to the NHL. Like he does what the owners tell him, right? So we blame the owners for this. Gary's just hanging around doing what we tell him to do, right? Like F Gary, of course, uh, for the triple hard salary cap and everything then and NHL teams being unable to dress enough players for a hockey game because they're strapped up against the cap. Like it's a whole other thing. Uh, you know, thanks Gary. But again, I, I, I mean, at this point it doesn't shock me anymore when the NHL does something that it shouldn't, it's just the norm now. And it's unfortunate. And the NHL is continuing to alienate all different kinds of groups. It is unfortunate. It sucks. It needs to be better. And personally, I just want to see players do it anyways, right? Like, I, I want to see what the punishment is, you know? Like, I want to see that type of defense. Like, if here's the one thing that you forget. Like, the players run the league, right? Because I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm not paying money so to watch Jeff Molson in action, or I'm not paying money for the coaching staff or the training staff. I'm paying money so I can watch the players play. So that's where my money goes. And when players realize that they are the product and that people pay for them and that you need to get on board with what they want, then you have meaningful change to it, right? It has nothing to do with the beliefs of the owners and everything, right? And I, I don't care that, you know, owners said, somebody's going to mention, well, the owners pay the players. False. False. Right? The owners pay them to have the opportunity to be able to make money. They give them money, players play, fans go out, they buy merch, they buy tickets, they go watch. It allows owners to sell concessions and rack in money from everywhere, right? But the player is the one that I care about, right? If all these players got up one day, all 700 of them, and decided they were all going to start their own league, it would probably succeed, right? It wouldn't be a problem. You, there's logistics behind money and everything. Yes, yes, yes. But we watch players. We don't watch owners. These men sitting behind desks and boardrooms and trying to come up with all these things are meaningless in the process. It doesn't matter. If all these players went over and decided they were all going to play in Sweden, all 700 of them went to Sweden, started their own league, we would probably be watching hockey at 3 a.m. because that's where all the great players are. That's who we want to watch. It's the same thing for the Olympics, right? The Olympics is great when NHL players are there. Yes, do we watch the Olympics when the NHL players are not there? Sure. But is it the same product? Of course it's not. The players are what make hockey great. Nothing else. It's not the owners. I said it's not the coaches. It's none of that. I'm not paying for that. Sorry, Marty. I'm not paying to watch Marty St. Louis stand behind a bench and just be absolutely gutted watching his team perform. All right? Because that's where we're going with this now. That's the good and the bad and the ugly. So shame on the NHL. But that's just an evergreen uh, thing You can just clip me saying shame on the NHL and we can use it later on down the line because it'll make sense. So good on Buffalo for locking up some young players, right? Bad 
Uh, Kirby Doc hurt. We need to extinguish that spirit some way. Uh, and ugly is the NHL continuing to just be itself. So also want to stick tap out there. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury is now third all-time in wins at 545. So congratulations to Marc-Andre Fleury. He did that in the game against Montreal. He now sits, like I said, third. Only two goalies are ahead of him. Uh, Marty Brodeur, Patrick Waugh. It's only fitting that those two ahead of him uh, are Québécois. By the way, who's number four? Roberto Luongo at 489. Also a Québécois. So you're welcome, the rest of the world, uh, for Quebec providing you for the greatest goalies to ever touch ice. You're welcome. There's a good chance that Marc-Andre Fleury does get ahead of Patrick Waugh at some point. He's at 551. I don't think anybody's catching Marty Bordeaux in his 691 wins. But man, Marc-Andre Fleury, he's 39. This man has been, you know, one of the best. Is he starting goalie anymore? No. Is he capable of still playing at the age of 39 and being a really good backup goalie? Yes, he is. He is elite. I think it's been a privilege to be able to watch him from where he started to where he is now. One of the best. First ballot Hall of Famer. No question about it. He is not getting in on the second ballot. He is getting in on the first ballot. The flower is one of the greatest to ever do it. So congratulations to him. Stick tap him. Uh, And obviously he is just a blast, man. Funny dude, individual, just a great time. It is rare that opposing goalies come into Montreal and they get applause and everything and and people recognize it. But greatness recognizes greatness. Uh, So good for him. And again, man, just congratulations on all the great things that he does. Now, let's shift over to the main topic here, the problem, okay? Because we're three games into the year of Montreal, depending on when you listen to this. It is Thursday today, so Montreal plays uh, Saturday? I think they play Washington, if I'm not mistaken. So you, there's some time in, in, in between there. So let's talk about Montreal's special teams, specifically their power play and their penalty kill, because, man, it is tough to watch. It is really, really tough. Montreal, I think they they were what? They gave up. They had eight penalties against Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken. Somewhere in that range. They had eight, I think, against Minnesota, seven against Chicago, and they only had four against Toronto. Eight against Minnesota is obviously a problem because that, that, their special teams was dominated from start to finish, we know that. Minnesota, I think, scored three power play goals and they scored two shorthanded. Right? Minnesota scored two shorthanded goals in less than a minute. If you didn't watch that game, thank God. Because one day you'll be on your deathbed wishing that you had a minute more in life and you have it because you didn't watch Montreal on the power play. I have never seen a power play be this bad. They look disoriented. And look, even if, like, I'm, I'm not going to say that this is because Kirby Doc is, is hurt because there are other players that are there. And I'm not going to give him a pass on it for all of last season because they were hurt. Because this power play has been garbage for I don't know how long. They currently sit 24th, okay, on the PK at 73.7%, okay? That's pretty bad. They're 25th on the power play at 91 I know it's early in the season, okay? But you're ranked 25th and 24th respectively, okay? After only three games. You're not very good. Here's the concerning part for me. This is the concerning. Montreal, after three games, right, for them, or up until this point, they've taken 19 total minor penalties in three games. No other team has taken more than them. None. Zero. Nada. 
penalty minutes we're not going to take they lead the league as well in penalty minutes but you know some of those are fighting majors and 10 minute misconduct so it doesn't really hurt your team right like when Arbor jack eye takes a five and a 10 minute you're like all right well you know it is what it is but here's here's the concerning part you've taken a ton of penalties okay next i couldn't believe this when i saw this shout out to brian wild for bringing it to the attention of the twitterverse Five on five, Montreal's goal differential is plus six. They've scored eight goals, five on five. They've allowed two. Okay, that's plus six. We're good at math here. Take out your calculator. Perfect, wonderful. Special teams. So that's five on four, four on five. They have scored two goals. They have given up a whopping 10. They're a minus eight on special teams. So the minute you take a penalty or you're on the power play, it's not going well. Something bad's about to happen. At this point... I wish the Montreal Canadiens could treat this like football and just decline the power play and maybe just concede the goal. Like, you take a penalty, you know, and just be like, hey, man, just, just give them a breakaway. See if they score. 50-50 shot, which is probably better than whatever they're trying to do right now. And all this comes back to the attention of Coverboy here, which is Alex Burroughs, because he is the one who runs the special teams, okay? It is his responsibility to look after this. And now, for me, here's the part that kind of triggers me a lot. Like, again, this is not the, it's not like it's the first season they had struggled. He's been in Montreal a minute, and the power play has been garbage. And the penalty kill has been horrendous. If I was this bad at my job for this long, I would expect to be fired at some point. Right? Like, Alex Burroughs is committing wage theft against the Montreal Canadiens because he comes into work. And this is the product that hits, hits the ice. It is, it is bad. And you could see in Marty St. Louis' presser after that Minnesota game, like he was defeated, right? And I understand it's a young team and things happen and we're got to learn. But at some point, you got to show signs of improvement. The Montreal Canadiens are not improving in this category at all. And you cannot be a good team if, you're, if, if your special teams are that bad. They are terrible, man. You can't be that undisciplined. Because you cannot make up for it by being good on the penalty kill. And you're not taking advantage of the opportunities coming to you on the power play. So, like, what are we doing here? What is happening? Why are we in this state of terribleness, man? Montreal had five shots on goal after a period in five minutes against Minnesota. Minnesota, who, by the way, played short one player because they didn't have cap room to call somebody up. So they went with 11 forwards and six defensemen because Goligoski was out, Matt Boley was out. They were missing somebody else as well. But they didn't even have enough money to call somebody out. Bring them up to the, you know, the big boy club. They went one short. And they still look like a better team all around. Joel Erickson did what he wanted. Kirill Kaprizov did what he wanted. This is, look, Minnesota is a good team. But offensively, this is not a juggernaut. And the Montreal Canadiens just look terrible. From start to finish. That's game three of the year, okay? I thought they played well against Toronto. They were, you know, there. They blew two separate two-goal leads, but let's figure it out there. And they played really, really well against Chicago, i.e. one of the worst teams in the league. But the blame here for me, like I said, five on five, you're good. So that means that the coach's system is working. You're you're achieving what you're looking to do. You have to play well five on five. You have to. There's no there's no option to that. You have to be good. You can't just be a special teams team, right? And goaltending, look, there's a lot of crit- criticism behind Jake Allen and Samuel Montembeau. They didn't have great preseasons. 
But Sam Montembeau is not the problem right now. He is not. Because there's nothing you can do when your team is just taking the most penalties, you're down a guy, and you're just getting bombarded. He didn't play poorly. Jake Allen's first game, not great. But Sam Montembeau has not been the issue in goal. The issue is Montreal collectively as a team being unable to defend or score goals when they are down or up a man. And that is the responsibility of Alex Burrow. So I want to know what Alex is doing to fix this because this is coming up now. This is year number three of it, of it just being terrible. I don't think Montreal's had a decent power play since Andre Markov left. So, like, what are we doing? I don't understand how we have gotten to this point. Again, it's wage theft, Alex. You're, you're clocking in. And the results are not there. And at some point, right, the definition of insanity is repeating an action over and over again, expecting a different result. Now, there's a couple of solutions here, okay? Or at least just try them because whatever we're doing is not working. So let's, you know, let's mix it up a little bit. Let's start with a power play. I understand that you have one tremendously talented goal scorer, and his name is Cole Caulfield, who has been very good to start the year, by the way. Right. Remember when you could get his over under goal total prop was like 31 and a half. He's got two goals in three games. Shocking that an elite goal scorer scores goals. Right. Shocking to me. I think the power play has to operate a little bit differently. A players need to be in movement, man. There's a lot of static sitting around one Josh Anderson. We can get rid of that experiment. It's not working. Josh does not bring anything. He's not standing in front of the net. He's not in the bumper spot. He's not on the half wall. He's not playing the point. So. I don't know what we're doing with Josh Anderson. He's taken over Kirby Doc's position, but there are lots of other players who could be there. I want guys who are on the power play who can shoot the puck, right? Everybody's criticizing Nick Suzuki because he's a minus four so far. First of all, we know the plus minus is an irrelevant stat. Stop it. He was on the ice for both of those shorthanded goals. So right off the bat, if you take those away, he's only minus two, okay? Quiet. Second, he is one player who I'd like to see shoot the puck more. Sean Monaghan is another one I'd like to see shoot the puck more. Raphael Harvey Pinard, I think, can get his his shot on that top line, on that top power play unit, and create something. I want to see Mike Matheson shooting the puck more. I want to see different angles and different guys shooting. Because right now, the Montreal power play is, is very, very predictable. You're trying to get a Cole Caulfield to wire that from the side. I would like to see either Sean Monaghan or Raphael Harvey Pinard in that bumper spot, right? So the bumper spot is in the slot. The minute that pass comes, I want you to fire it to the net. I don't want anything else to happen. I want the guys at the point to start looking for options. Get pucks to the net. You cannot win hockey games when you have five shots in one period. Because five shots a period gives you 15 a game. The NHL has some pretty good goalies. You're not going to win many games with 15 shots. So generate some kind of offense. Let them go out and do something. Everything looks so static, man. Everything's these little dipsy doodle things behind the back trying to do this. No, power away, man. Couple of passes. A, you got to gain the zone. And I understand what that is. You drop the pack, you drop the puck back to Nick Suzuki, and he tries to go through that four-man line that's standing at the blue line because that's how you defend against it. Right? Maybe this is the point where everybody's in sync, right? Maybe we don't drop it back. Maybe we got two guys back. Create some space. If you dump it, you're the first guy to get on the puck. I know we don't like to dump and chase, but look, what we're doing now is not working. So we got to try different things or at least keep other teams honest. Because right now it's not hard. Montreal's power play is just, it's so bad they're giving up goals. Okay. I'm also not opposed to having Arbor Jackai play on that top unit. 
That kid's got a shot and a half. That is a heavy shot. Like, he put the puck through the net in a preseason game against Ottawa. You know, explain it to him like he's four. Say, Arbor, this is what you got to do. The puck's got to hit the net. Figure it out. You're an NHL player. You can do it. Figure it out. But something has got to give, man, from that option. You need your power play to be good. You need teams to fear taking penalties against you. The same way every team fears taking a penalty against Edmonton. Right? It's been a tough start for the year for Edmonton. I get that. But still, if you take a penalty against the Edmonton Oilers, you're shitting bricks. Because you know McDavid and Dreisaitl are on the ice. And that usually does not end well. Right? We know that. Their penalties killed not very good. doesn't matter. But when those two are on the ice, things happen. So you don't want to take penalties. Right now, when you take them against Montreal, you actually have a chance to score a goal. That's how bad it is. So something from that aspect has to change. Okay? The second one is on the penalty kill. You got to, to me, I enjoy teams that apply pressure, right? And the Toronto Maple Leafs are a team that does this religiously. They do not let players set up. First of all, it's extremely easy to enter the Montreal zone. And then once they do, they let everybody set up. And then there's just a box and it's passive. And you're trying to take away the middle, right? That's what you do. So you leave them on the outside. You don't want to give up those bumper spots, shots from the middle, okay? Again, these are NHL players, man, okay? If you give them time and space, they will take advantage of it. It's just what it is. I'm more on the belief that you have to apply pressure and dictate the pace of what you want to happen when you're down a man, okay? I'm going to give you a great example. If I want to take away the shot from the top, okay? Let's say you got the left-handed defenseman on the left side, and I want him to... to Put that puck again down by the boards to the half wall guy. I'm cutting the middle of the ice off. That's it. And I'm applying pressure from the middle. And I'm going towards the board. And then the defenseman's going to send it down the board. And then again, I apply that pressure. And that player may put it against the boards again or roll it down. I want to dictate the pace. If you just stand there, you're going to let the forward decide what he wants to do. And if you don't apply pressure, you're not going to make a mistake. Because hockey is a game of mistakes. The more you make, the more there's a chance that it ends up in the back of your net. You know, things things happen. Apply pressure. If you get beat because you applied pressure and those players just score goals because they're NHL players, they score goals, man. It is what it is. But what you're doing now is not working. Have we agreed on that yet? Yes. It is static. Everybody is standing. They're trying to take away the middle. It's not working because then teams, what do they do? If you let them move the puck around, they will. And the notion here is that, well, if they're moving it around the perimeter, it's not problematic. False. Because you're getting the box to move. And that's going to create opportunities for those cross-eyes seam passes and things happen, i.e. what Kirill Kaprizov did. It's just hanging out down there by the right side. Waiting to clap it. Boom. Claps in the go- in the net. We're done. I want to see teams apply pressure. I like it. Toronto applies pressure to the puck carrier and forces you to make a move. They take away time. They take away space. The two things every elite player wants is time and space. So if you're sitting around waiting, it's not going to work. Does that make sense? Is anybody here against it? No, try something different. 
We have to try something different because what is happening now is not working, Alex. Figure it out. It's the same thing. And this, like I said, man, this watching watching that game against Minnesota was definitely, I felt like I, I burned four brain cells. Of the six that I have left, four of them died that night. Because watching Minnesota just do as they wish, down a man and up a man, was just mind-numbing. And watching Montreal have no solution to it was also mind-numbing. You lost because they didn't score. They didn't score an even straight goal. They didn't. Minnesota didn't score an even straight goal. Which is where Montreal is good. They're good at even strength. So, A, you got to correct the penalty problem, right? You got to stop taking. I think, like, Slavkovsky took one of those things where you just, like, Look, it's a borderline interference call. I get it. You can't knock a player's stick out of his hands. I'm of the belief that you should hold on to your stick. But hey, it's the rules we do as they're applied to. That's, that's number one. If you're going to suck on the penalty kill, well, don't take penalties. Easy, right? Easy fix. Your NHL players, figure it out. To fix the power play, you got you to have options. You got to have players who instill fear into your opponent. Okay? Caulfield is one of the best who can shoot the puck. But you got to get him some support because right now all they do is they take him away. They say, beat, let, let one of these other four guys beat us. Don't let it be him. And look, there's only so much Cole Caulfield can do. I, maybe you put him in the bumper spot. He's a right-handed shot, right? He's a right-handed shot. If you're on the right side and Suzuki's on that bumper, you know, you can feed Caulfield in the middle. You can. I personally like him off the sidewall. Right off the board, kind of when 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 you play the diamond, right when when you got Matheson in the middle, and then you got Caulfield on that left side with that right-handed shot. That's where I want him to be. But you got to get creative at some point. You got to switch up. You got to figure it out. And the penalty kill has to be more aggressive. Like make your opponent make a mistake, force them to move the puck. If they're moving the puck, it means they can't get set up and they can't get comfortable. And they can't take a shot. And yes, your goalie's going to have to be moving, but that's fine. These are NHL quality goalies, and Montembeau's been pretty good. But right now, this Montreal team is destined to be garbage. Not because of injuries, but because if they can't figure out their special teams, it's not going to matter how many goals you score five on five. You're going to get clobbered because you're taking too many penalties. Like I said, next, who comes into town? The Washington Capitals. You think the Washington Capitals are going to stand around? Exactly. Give Ovechkin all the time in the world, and I guarantee you he'll beat you. He will. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. The man's going to end up as the greatest goal scorer in NHL history. I think he's going to figure it out. I think he will. Washington, by, by the way, being a, you know, not a great start to their year, but the big boys are still there. Ovechkin is still him. Which, fun fact, he was held without a shot in consecutive games for the first time in his career. So it's not going well in Washington. But all that being said, we're not talking about the Washington Capitals. We're talking about the Montreal Canadiens and their inability to be good on the special teams. I need that to change, or I need Alex Burroughs to grab his to grab a box, empty his desk out. Don't take anything because there's probably nothing there. Right? Leave the whiteboard with all the X's and O's on the power play and penalty kill. Because even if somebody else stole it, it doesn't really make a difference. It's not working anyways. And find somebody else with some creative flow to this. Because it's not working. It looks horrible. I'm annoyed. 
That was an annoying game to watch. I was tilted, tilted into another stratosphere. Okay? So figure it out. Please, Burroughs, do something. Or can we replace you with somebody else? Who knows what's going on? Because it's been, it's been too long, man. This, this process, this trying to figure out how the power play is going to work has been going on for way too long. It's got to get better. It's no longer, oh, we're in a rebuild and, you know, we're trying to learn and it's young players. No, no, no. It's none of that. This is, this is year three of the process, okay? We can change this. We can change it, okay? Figure it out. Have I made myself clear? That is what, that, that is how I feel about the Montreal Canadiens and their special teams. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the podcast for this week. As always, thank you so much for hanging out with me. I appreciate you being here. Like I said, if you're watching this over on the YouTube channel, I appreciate you more than anything. Go ahead, hit the sub button, ring the bell, so you always get notified when new podcasts content goes live. YouTube.com slash at Slapshot Pod on the Apple Podcast, on the Spotify, on the Twitter, on the Podbean, wherever you get it. You know, if you're listening to this on your drive to work, because some of you still commute to work, I appreciate it. In the shower, on the toilet, your morning jog, whatever you're doing, man, I appreciate it. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button over there, or the follow button, whatever they use. I appreciate you if you would follow the Slapshot Podcast on Twitter, at Slapshot Podcast. Follow me on Twitter. Okay, you can hate all you want about the city of Buffalo, about my opinion. You can go ahead at FuzzyChris91. I appreciate all of you for being here. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I love you. And we, okay, we will talk to each other again soon, all right?